0: Welcome to Music for Life, enhancing the Armstrong concert experience. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. In today's episode, we explore the world-famous Vienna Boys Choir, an institution over half a millennium old, in the lead-up to its performance at Armstrong Auditorium on Tuesday, November 20th. We are also honored to have an exclusive interview with two members from this institution, its historian, plus its conductor for this North American tour. We spoke to both over FaceTime while they were still in Vienna, so stick around for these special interviews and as we talk about the world's oldest, youngest choir today on Music for Life. Asking how old the Vienna Boys' Choir is might seem like a trick question. One answer would be that they are comprised of 10- to 14-year-old boys, but a more accurate answer would be to say that the organization is over half a millennium old. When Emperor Maximilian I moved his court and court musicians to Vienna, the year was 1498 what historians have settled on as the founding of the Vienna Boys' Choir, though there is evidence of a boys' choir in Vienna two centuries earlier than that. For this fascinating history, we will hear more during the exclusive interviews I have for you later. But for now, let's talk more about the present composition of this world-famous ensemble, a group which has, over the last century, worked with some of the greatest conductors of the genre, Toscanini, Bernstein, Boulez, and Harnoncourt. In more recent times, the boys have been invited to collaborate with Zubin Mehta, Riccardo Muti, Seiji Ozawa, Michael Tilson Thomas, and many others. The choir maintains its own schools. Almost 400 children and teenagers between the ages of 3 and 18 study and rehearse at Palais, a Baroque palace and former imperial hunting lodge in Vienna. The choir runs its kindergarten for both boys and girls in cooperation with the city of Vienna, then continues its programs for grades 1 through 4, providing an exceptional all-around education for boys and girls. At age 10, the most talented boys are selected to join the Vienna Boys' Choir and enter the choir's boys-only grammar school for grades 5 through 8. All in all, there are 100 boys in the Vienna Boys' Choir from dozens of nations divided into four touring groups. Each group spends 9 to 11 weeks of the school year on tour And between them, the four choirs give 300 concerts and performances each year before almost half a million people. They visit virtually all European countries and are frequent guests in Asia, Australia, and the Americas. The school offers extracurricular activities ranging from all kinds of sports to attending a wide range of concerts, operas, plays, musicals, and movies. The choristers are also encouraged to create their own projects. Some form their own bands, others create short skits or films, and all choir boys live in the choir's well-appointed boarding school with two or three boys sharing a room. Roughly a quarter of the school's alumni go on to become professional musicians, conductors, singers, or instrumentalists. Almost all continue to sing. There are two adult vocal ensembles, in fact, made up entirely of former choristers. The choir's repertoire includes everything from medieval to contemporary music— Motets and leader or songs, for the boys' choir form the core of the touring repertoire, as do the choir's own arrangements of quintessentially Viennese music like waltzes and polkas by Lanner, Lehar, and Strauss. Their most recent album, in fact, is called Strauss Forever, featuring works of both Johann Strauss Jr., the most famous Strauss, the waltz king, as well as works of his younger brother, Josef Strauss, and one work from the father of both Johann Strauss I. Let's hear a couple of great examples from this album. First, we'll hear the famous waltz by Johann Strauss Jr., The Voices of Spring, and then we'll liven things up with his Bandit's Gallop polka. Both of these have been arranged by the conductor of the choir on this album, Gerald Wirt, and they are singing with the Salon Orchestra Aldwien. We just heard Johann Strauss Jr.'s Bandits Gallop Polka, arranged and conducted by Gerald Wirt, performed by the Vienna Boys Choir and the Salon Orchestra Alt Wien, from the choir's latest album, Strauss Forever. Before that, we heard Maestro Wirt's arrangement of the same Strauss's famous waltz, Voices of Spring. This latest album from the choir features well-known Strauss favorites, but the choir also has a long tradition of commissioning new works going back to imperial times when composers like Mozart, Haydn, and Bruckner wrote for this ensemble. One of the choir's goals is to introduce the boys to as many different styles of music as possible. So since the 1920s, the choir has collected music from all over the world. The Vienna Boys' Choir has been recording its music since the 1930s. The boys have appeared on practically every major label. In 2015, though, the choir signed a long-term partnership with Deutsche Grammophon. This year marks the release of another album, from which we are playing some examples on today's program. Let's hear a couple more short examples. We'll hear the most famous march by the father of the Strauss brothers, Johann Strauss Sr., his Radetzky March. And after that, let's hear another polka, the famous tritsch polka by Johann Strauss Jr. Again, this is the Vienna Boys Choir under Gerald Vert singing with the Salon Orchestra Alt Wien. <music> Harold conducted the Vienna Boys Choir and the Salon Orchestra Alt Wien in two of his own arrangements of famous Strauss selections, the Radetzky March by Johann Strauss Sr. and the Trich Trach, Polka by Johann Strauss Jr. And that is from the Vienna Boys Choir's latest album, Strauss Forever. We've been spotlighting the Vienna Boys Choir so far on this podcast, but I want to talk more specifically about the program they are bringing to Armstrong Auditorium on Tuesday, November 20th. As we will hear in our interview with its conductor, the Boys are known for their diverse programs, everything from the Middle Ages to modern times. This program will start with a medieval plain chant called Veni Sancte Spiritus, or Come Holy Spirit, commemorating the giving of the Holy Spirit on the Day of Pentecost, as Recorded in Acts 2. After that, the choir moves into the Renaissance era, with a work by the late 16th century composer Jacobus Gallus, titled Confirma Hoc Deus, which is an adaptation of Psalm 68:29, which reads in the King James Version: Because of thy temple at Jerusalem shall kings bring presents unto thee. Continuing into the Baroque era and continuing on the theme of the Psalms, the choir will sing a movement from George Frederick Handel's Dixit Dominus, which is a setting of Psalm 110. The movement is called De Torrente Via Bibet, which is a setting of verse 7 of Psalm 110. This reads in the King James, He shall drink of the brook in the way, therefore shall he lift up the head. This was written by a 21-year-old Handel while in Italy, and as was customary, it is a setting of the Latin version of the Bible. As you'll hear in the interview, the choir historian is particularly excited about this piece that the boys are singing, this arrangement created by the choir's own conductor on this tour. And it is a brand new arrangement. It's not the version we're hearing here by the Taverner Choir, but this at least gives you an idea of what this piece sounds like. After the handle, the choir moves into the classical era and one of the more famous choral examples from that time period. They will sing the most well-known movement from Franz Josef Haydn's oratorio, The Creation, the movement titled in English, The Heavens Tell the Glory of God. The first half of the Vienna Boys Choir program coming to Armstrong, as you may have noticed, is following a very chronological walk through history, with a selection from the Middle Ages, one from the Renaissance, then the Baroque, and, as just discussed, the Classical Era. Staying true to this method and ordering, they will be singing a work from the Romantic era next, and they will stay there for a few more selections, beginning with Mendelssohn's setting of Psalm 42, then three selections by Franz Schubert, the first called Goldner Schein, or Golden Radiance, then Widerspruch, or Contradiction, and then a sacred work, Schubert's setting of Psalm 23. The first half will end with a jump forward into the American South with an arrangement of the traditional spiritual Joshua Fit the Battle of Jericho. This will present a bit of a stylistic connection to a more lighthearted second half to follow. This second half will begin with two New York themed numbers, the famous theme from New York, New York, and an arrangement of Alicia Keys' Empire State of Mind Part 2. The choir will then sing the song after which the program is titled Billy Joel's Vienna, which contains the lyrics Vienna waits for you. This leads them into a couple of Austrian folk songs. The first one's title as translated There Are Beautiful Waters, and the second How Beautiful It Is to See the sunrise." After this, they will sing a work by a living composer, Florian Meyer. The work is called Da Adler, or The Eagle, and it is a modern artful take on The Yodel. After this, the choir presents two works from the early 20th century, one by Hermann Leopoldi and Rudolf Zyszynski. Then the program will finish with three works from the Strauss dynasty, two by Josef Strauss, which we will hear sung by the choir on today's program, and the final, Wiener Blut, or Viennese Spirit, by the waltz king himself, Johann Strauss II. Their latest album, again, Strauss Forever, has these two Josef Strauss numbers on its program. One is the album's title song, which we'll hear at the end of today's episode. But let's listen to the first of this Strauss set now, what is track 10 on their latest album. Now, on this album, they recorded with a full orchestra, the Salon Orchestra out Wien, under the direction of Gerald Wirt, who is responsible for arranging many of the works on this album, including this arrangement of Josef Strauss's Feuerfest or Fireproof. You are listening to Music for Life. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. This is KPCG. In today's episode, we are discussing and spotlighting the world-famous Vienna Boys Choir, an institution over half a millennium old, in the lead-up to its performance at Armstrong Auditorium on Tuesday, November 20th. We are exploring their program for this concert with the theme, Vienna Waits for You. We will also hear an exclusive interview we had over FaceTime with two members from the institution, its historian, plus its conductor for this North American tour. We just heard the choir sing Feuerfest, or Fireproof, by Josef Strauss, arranged by Gerald Wirt, one of the final works on their program coming to Armstrong. We heard them with the Salon Orchestra Alt Wien, though when they perform at Armstrong, it will be with a piano only, our nine-foot Hamburg Steinway concert grand, no less. At this piano will be their conductor for this tour, Oliver Stich. I was able to sit down with Maestro Sheikh on FaceTime and to speak with him as well as the choir's own Tina Breckfold, both based in Vienna during the interview. Tina talked with us about the history of the choir, and Oliver talked about his role and mission within the ensemble. Let's hear that interview now. We are very excited to have both of you on uh, this podcast here today and to talk about your upcoming performance at Armstrong Auditorium. Tina, could you describe your position at the Vienna Boys Choir?
1: Yes, I have the odd function of what they call a dramaturg, which means that I'm sort of um, in charge of background research, um, sometimes trying to um, weave a sort of meaningful thread through a program, help people if they want to know something about history or well, as I've said, background, and I also deal with PR issues and such and, uh, like.
0: So you're like the historian for the choir. Yep,
1: yeah, yeah. archivist and historian.
0: Excellent. I'd love to talk to you first and have you maybe give us just a spanning overview of this over 500-year-old choir.
1: So The roots go back to um, the 1300s. So there's a mention of a choir of boys in Vienna, in um, 1296, actually, that was a school for boys attached to the uh, imperial chapel, uh, and the boys were taught academic subjects as well as music, and they were there to provide the sung services at court. Then we do not have very many records in the years that follow. Uh, the next time we really hear something is in the 14, in the late 1400s, when Emperor Maximilian. Holy Roman Emperor Maximilian I takes over from his father. He inherits, as it were, from his uncle, from his father and from his wife, three distinct chapels. And by chapel, I mean a group of musicians who perform. And the Holy Roman Emperor was an elected emperor, elected by all the kings of all the dukedoms, princedoms and uh, kingdoms within, well, Europe, basically. hmm and uh, so he held greater power, but he, would, he traveled with his court. He would kind of travel with like 2,000 people. Hmm. And among his retinue, uh, you had the choir. And uh, so this was a traveling band even back then.
2: Hmm. Uh,
1: and they were there to perform at functions such as the imperial diets, which is basically conferences when all the kings and dukes would meet and discuss future policies taxes and tolls and what have you and interesting matters of the day also warfare no doubt and and peace and prices and all the rest of it so that's that's a very that's a very intriguing time and and then we have a a whole slew of of, um, composers come from the netherlands or what was then the netherlands the lowlands uh to the court to practice music and uh, there's some names like I don't know Josquin des Prez, Heinrich Isaac, Philip de Monte, and so forth, who who are the musicians to the emperor and make music with with the boys. Well, throughout history, probably more more well known are people like Joseph Haydn, who as a boy sang with the choir, mm-hmm. and Franz Schubert, who is uh, arguably the most famous alumnus that we have. Basically, the the imperial court in, in Vienna was always Is kind of attached, the history of music at the court is attached to the history of Western music in particular, um, Mm. sacred music.
0: Right. And since that uh, time, say, of Schubert, the choir has been very active touring all around the world and there have been certain honors and achievements that it has received. Uh, just, I guess, in more modern times, maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Yes,
1: I think the touring, as in in the modern sense, started in the 1920s. Just basically, after the end of the uh, Austrian Empire and the uh, after World War One, uh, there was no monarchy anymore, so so no court anymore, and um, the boys' choir was reestablished as a private organization, which it is today. Um, and the idea was to educate boys in both academic subjects and music. And at some point, the choir school ran out of money, pure and simple. Hmm. And so the idea came about to give concerts outside of chapel. And they were so successful that within a year, um, they weren't performing just in Vienna, but they were performing in Berlin and Paris and in London. By 1931, that was the first time they came to the US. And um, that was obviously, in 1939, that was incredibly special. And I think the boys really, really loved it. It was something like, I think they they traveled something like 30,000 miles and clocked up over 100 concerts on that tour. So it was all very impressive. I think touring then was a very special and a very rare thing, which ensured that the choir became a household name pretty much the world over. In those years, they would perform with people like Bruno Walter, Erich Kleiber, Arturo Toscanini and Toscanini is quoted as on record as having said that this was the best boys choir in the world. It's, of course, very kind of him to say so, mm-hmm. but obviously, there are many very good choirs around these days.
0: And maybe I can talk with Oliver now about um, his connection with the group. And Tina, if you want to interject, you know, something that pertains to what you were just talking about, that would be fine too. But, Oliver. Yes. Maybe you could explain to us first your musical background, how you got started in music.
3: I moved to Vienna from my home um, about 15 years ago and I started uh, studying music education. Also I focused on choral conducting and singing, vocal teaching. After some years it became clear that for me it would be great. I wanted to work with children and at the the same time to, to work on a high professional musical level. And so for me, it was kind of a dream job to go and teach a boys' choir. And then I had the chance to join the Vienna Boys' Choir. And there I am now for almost eight years now. And
1: we're very happy to have him. Thank
3: you.
0: (laughs) Wonderful. So your musical background wasn't as an alum of the choir itself.
3: I've not been in the choir myself. But of course, now I regret it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you moved there and then, and, and were studying music education. And then this was one of the first assignments you received as a, as a teacher or a choral conductor?
3: Before I worked with uh, different choirs, with youth choirs. With, I had a female choir and one of our um, prefects was in that choir. So she told me, she was the first one to tell me that there was a job available at the Vienna Boys Choir. So this was quite a lucky coincidence.
1: I think I have to explain the word prefect. It means a uh, tutor yes. or chaperone, chaperone yeah. of the boys who are on tour. They they have two chaperones, one woman and one man who travel with them and who who also are in charge of their well being uh, when we're here in Vienna in the boarding house.
3: Now I'm also working with um adult choirs at the same time, so this is a good balance so to to have the boys, on one hand and on the other side, to work also with adult choirs.
0: So it was your interaction with this prefect or chaperone that got you into this sphere of working with the probably the most famous boys' choir in the world.
3: This was one of uh, about one of many um, coincidences. Of course, I also had to. There were people who recommended me for the Vienna Boys Choir, and somebody, um, the former assistant of our artistic director. He asked me if I um, would like to apply for the vacant for job. The job, for the job. Yes. Do you want to know
1: anything about how we pick choir masters?
0: That would be wonderful.
1: Well, what we do is we usually, well, we invite applications via ads, also obviously via word of mouth. Um, and that's usually, you know, you, you kind of talk to the people at the music university or people who are generally in the profession. So word gets round, and we usually have about thirty to fifty applications for each job that's going. So we will then review their curriculum vitae and see what they've what they've got in terms of training, and the ones that look particularly interesting are invited and uh, have to sort of have a little chat with the artistic director. Then, if that goes well, we whittle this down into a second and third round. Um, where they then have to work with our boys' choirs.
3: Which is the, one of the most important parts. That is
1: the most important Because then part.
3: you can really see if somebody is uh, capable, is capable of, doing this, of, and it not, doesn't have only to be a, a good musician, he has also to know how to work with the boys and to keep them focused and motivated all the time. So this is absolutely not for everyone, I would say. Right. <laughs> quite,
1: it's very, very difficult to establish that particular Relationship with the kids immediately. You have to have a natural kind of authority. You know, you have to establish a link between them in no time flat. And they just have to, you have to, we just watch for those signs to see if, if a candidate has that kind of natural authority that grips the boys immediately. And the boys are actually really very, very critical. They will only accept it from a very good musician. They, they will not tolerate fools gladly as, you know... <laughs> If they know exactly if there is a person in front of them doing the rehearsal who's who's good at his job, they they respect good musicianship.
0: Well, we've had the Vienna Boys Choir on our series a few times before, and I know that for those who haven't been there, what they would expect to see is the choir in sort of uh, two risers on the stage with the piano in the center, and then Oliver, you'd be at the piano conducting from the piano facing them is that correct
3: correct yes i try also some new forms of on stage i mean on stage for example to spread out over the whole stage for some pieces hmm. oh, or to...
1: chanticleer idea yeah yeah absolutely
3: right. or just to, to 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 put some soloists in front of the piano and the others are behind the piano standing in one row to so just also for the audience it gets more interesting if there are different formations on stage
0: right and so what in addition to that what could an audience member expect from a typical tour performance
3: what we always have is a strong diversity in our program so this year in the first part we present as we are usually doing um, songs from our classical repertoire we have music of course by the famous composers of, um, like German and Austrian composers like uh, Georg Friedrich Händel, Franz Schubert, or Joseph Haydn, for example. Mm-hmm. But we also have some modern songs like an African american spiritual, Joshua fit the Battle of Jericho. So the, the musical diversity goes from Gregorian chant over the classical music until uh, modern music, sacred music especially, and the – the second part um, has a theme, and this motto is "Vienna waits for you" this year. So we present to the audience uh, Viennese music, especially, for example, music by the Strauss family. We have Viennese waltzes, we have uh, Austrian folk songs, we have real Wiener leader, what we call them. Mm. And we also have uh, the song which um, has the actual the Vienna Waits for You lyrics in it. And that is the famous song called Vienna by Billy Joel.
0: hmm And what are you most excited about? I mean, I know every performer is excited about something in the program that they are doing. And what excites you as the conductor pianist about this program?
3: What I just mentioned, that is that I really like it when we are spreading out on stage.
0: Those formations. Because
3: the formation, when we spread out over a very big stage, and, and usually the stages in USA concert halls are quite big. And then every boy has to be a soloist mm. because they're not like standing close to each other anymore, but they are really, everybody has to, to sing as he would be a soloist. and. You can believe me, the sound gets even better when they're spread out. For me as a conductor, this is one of the highlights in the concert.
0: And Armstrong Auditorium, as the group has been there before, it's an intimate recital hall with a very crisp and pure acoustic. Uh, I'm looking it, yes. <laughs> yes, and we're very much looking forward to hearing their voices again inside Armstrong. And that's just going to be really wonderful.
1: Sounds brilliant. Can I put in a little plug for two things? Please. On the Oliver is is doing, he arranged um, a bit of Handel sticks at Dominus. And I think that is the, the De Torrente in Via Bibit, which you probably know. And I don't think a boys' choir has ever done that before. So I think mm. that's something I really look forward to. Excellent. Um, that would be my pick of the show. I Good. Think. <laughs>
2: awesome. And of
1: course, yeah, well, we happen to have uh, uh, recorded a, a recent Strauss CD, which we call Forever. Because uh, Josef Strauss actually uh, wrote uh, polka by that name and it has an English title. Do you sing that actually? In your yeah, program? and
3: that's good because the US audience, they will hopefully understand if we are trying hard on pronouncing the lyrics correctly. They will understand the lyrics because we're singing the Strauss Forever Polka in English with Tina's words. Wonderful. So they don't have to look into the program for that one. <laughs> no,
1: it's about a hamster. You know, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking when I had to pen words to that. What rhymes with forever? Not very much. And what image can you have with forever? Well, it's the hamster wheel, of course. So it begins with I'm a hamster in a wheel, in a wheel, in a wheel, exercising my free will, my free will, my free will. <laughs> so I think that's it's hopefully. Fun, and I hope people will enjoy it, and I hope people will enjoy Oliver and his gang.
0: Well, thank you so very much for being on the the program here today. Thank you for Our having pleasure. us. Yes, thank
3: you.
1: And um, I think everybody looks forward tremendously to coming to to Armstrong Auditorium.
2: Why don't you realize Vienna waits for you? When will you realize? Vienna waits for you
0: You are listening to Music for Life. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. This is KPCG. In today's episode, we have discussed and spotlighted the world-famous Vienna Boys Choir an over half a millennium-old institution. In the lead-up to its performance at Armstrong Auditorium on Tuesday, November 20th, we have explored their program for this concert with the theme Vienna Waits for You, including an arrangement of the famous Billy Joel song with those lyrics. We also just heard it an exclusive interview we had over FaceTime with two members from the institution in Vienna, its historian, Tina Breckfold, plus its conductor for this North American tour, Oliver Stich. More information about this event and all Armstrong Auditorium events can be found at armstrongauditorium.org. You can follow Armstrong Auditorium on social media, as well as this program at Music for Life PCG. To end the program, let's hear the final track from the choir's latest CD, the Strauss Forever CD mentioned toward the end of that interview. This is the title song from the album Forever, music by Josef Strauss and text by Tina Breckfold about the hamster in the wheel. I hope you enjoy, and I hope to see you soon at Armstrong.